0: All right, baby, here we go. San Francisco training camp live. Of course, it's brought to you by the Odyssey Station and the Odyssey app. Find it exclusively on the audio app. We're also going to throw this bad boy on YouTube, Joe Shaskin, the Butcher, and Bonte Hill as we finally get ready for preseason game number one. But so I just got to ask it, man, because coming off the weekend where we see the 49ers practice at Levi Stadium, fans were able to go to Levi Stadium for the first time since the NFC Championship came in January of 2020, they all, every fan got their first glimpse of Trey Lance. And it sounded like Trey Lance didn't have his best day. It may have been his worst day of practice, which to me feels like it has tempered maybe the expectations for Trey Lance during his rookie season.
1: Look, it's one day, just like practice is only one day. And, <laughs> and all you can do is put one foot in front of the other. And look, the reality is this, is that... These practices mean very little to the organization. They did not move heaven and earth to just dip their toe in the Trey Lance saga. They are going to go cannonballing into the hot tub that is Trey Lance as soon as he can prove to them on the field against another team not named the San Francisco 49ers uh, that he's ready. It's that simple, and and it's not about narratives. It's not about uh, fitting things into a cliche or a specific timeline. It's about whoever gives this team the best chance of winning, and I think on a day-to-day basis as we monitor who gives them the best chance I think that answer changes day to day, but there will become a time where that answer is strictly Trey Lance. But I don't think we're there yet.
0: We're not quite there yet as we get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs Saturday five thirty p.m. at Levi Stadium, a game that we're all treating like it's a regular season game. This game has so much hype mm-hmm. around it because. Niner fans, I think, are desperately – they desperately want to see what this new toy brings to the table, right? Absolutely. They want to see what this Ferrari is in Trey Lance. But, look, Sunday he fumbled exchange as you're charting down all the plays he's running and plays that Jimmy G is running. Shed ahead said, hey, look, the exchange is something that the offense needs to work on. Trey Lance and the running backs need to continue to work, work on it, but Trey Lance is doing it with the twos. Although he is throwing to Brandon Ayuk. We saw a nice throw pitch and catch to Brandon Ayuk Saturday at Levi Stadium. He is throwing to Debo Samuel. But is Jimmy Garoppolo making his decision hard? Because it seems like he turned up his play and took it up a notch uh, over the weekend down to Santa Clara.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, this is the last stands for Jimmy. I mean, that's where it's at. If he wants to put his mark on the San Francisco 49ers, he has to come out and not miss a beat. Pretty much every single day in practice, this is part of the, uh, you can't leave yourself exposed, as they like to say. My dad would call it CYA, Mm. cover ya, you know what. So yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) by nature needs to make this difficult, but let's, let's put the facts where they are. Um, this is also on who's out there with these guys. You know, are they running with the ones, running with the twos? What kind of offensive line we have from what it sounds like? And it's very difficult to break it down if you're not there, but it sounds like Jimmy's running with the number one offensive line and Trey is running Mm -hmm. with the number two offensive line. Outside of, you know, Mm -hmm. honestly outside of wide receiver, the biggest drop off from the ones to the twos might be offensive line on this team. And the biggest mismatch on the entire roster might be the second unit defense against the second string offensive line. So it's no wonder that Trey was struggling by everybody's accounts. Um, And I expect this to bring the best out of Jimmy. Jimmy's a competitor. He's not dead yet. Like He's a professional and if he learned at the feet of Tom Brady the way we all have anointed him to do so, you would think He would have a right hook ready to go for this training camp.
0: No, there's no doubt about that. I want to focus on something you just said there, though, to drop off with offensive line play. And I think you can go around the NFL and really focus on that. The backup offensive lineman, it just stinks at this level. It stinks in the NFL. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs try to try out two tackles that hadn't played all season long and they got destroyed in the Super Bowl. There's just not too many backup, quality backup offensive line. Good point. Also, you look at the at the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. Bacciari goes out. Oh, well, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is running for his life. So, mm-hmm. depth on the offensive line is always going to be an issue, especially in the NFL. But to your point, the Niners defensive line are about, they got like 11 dudes. They, I mean, they are stacked. And we still haven't even seen Nick Bosa practice. We see D Ford in a limited capacity. And they say D four looks really, really good right now on that defensive line. You see Arden Key take a shot at the Raiders saying, I'm in the right spot. Chris Colceric is coaching him up. So the first the second string defensive line is having their way, yet that's what makes it more impressive that Trey is doing what he's doing in practice because of the line he's playing behind there it's not an interchangeable position. Like you swap running backs all the time, mm-hmm. you can swap certain wide receivers, but offensive line and a tight end position, I think, is not deep at all. So until we see trade run with the ones, man, I would really like to see that. I would like to see that on Saturday. Hopefully, he gets some reps behind Trent Williams, Alex Mack, because if Trey, if Trey Lance does start, Shasky. He needs to know how Alex Mack snaps the ball. I know it sounds like, oh man, he's just a hiker. He's a center. I think that stuff is very important. He's got to learn to line audibles. How is Alex Mack, uh, Alex Mack going to slide protection? Is he going to slide it left? Is he going to slide it right? Does Trey Lance know that? Does he have that camaraderie, mm-hmm. that rapport with the, with the center? I think that's very important that if Shanahan is thinking about starting Trey Lance, why need to run him with the first string offensive line? I mean, don't, can you give me a few reps here and there? Four reps here, four reps there, four reps here, four reps there. Because I can't get Jimmy up to speed, but what if, what if Trey has to play? What if he has to take steps or hide Alex Mack? I would like him to have that. I would like him to be comfortable doing that and not just throw him in there where he's never taken a step with Alex Mack. Well,
1: I think you make up a great point regarding the center. I mean, part of why they lost the Super Bowl was strictly because Weston Richburg got hurt and they were playing a bunch of guys at that position mm-hmm. who – We're understudies at best. I mean, we're talking third, four stringers that shouldn't even have been in the league. So you you hit on a lot of points there. Continuity is extremely important. Part of the reason why Alex Smith never really truly developed was he didn't have continuity on the line didn't have continuity in the offensive coordinator booth, didn't have continuity right. with, the, with the weaponry around him. There is no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. When I look at the successful tandems in the NFL, they have continuity, and it's not just head coach quarterback. Yep. It's head coach quarterback center. Head coach quarterback center wide receivers. Right. You know what I mean? It's not just one. It's all mm-hmm. of these things. I look at someone like Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady, and it feels like they always seem to have that continuity with the offensive line. I'm looking at it a young man by the name of patrick mahomes and for the most part for his first three years in the nfl he's had some great continuity now he's gonna have some different offensive linemen this year but partly why this guy has reached the success that he has is because he has some ridiculously good veterans that no one ever wants to give any acknowledgement to and partly why he struggled in that super bowl is because all their best linemen got hurt and he was running for his life
0: Right. No, that's a great point. It's an excellent point. We see this in Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. We see, we saw this, saw this with the great Tom Brady mm-hmm. against Philadelphia. When the Philadelphia Eagles won their one and only Super Bowl, Tom Brady ran for his life. When you don't have good offensive line play, you will suffer and your quarterback won't have time to throw. Mm-hmm. They'll be running for their lives. And even a great Pat Mahomes looked human on Super Bowl Sunday, partly due to the offensive line. But yeah, you know, I mean, it was, it was the truth. It was like, man, Pat Mahomes is just out there. He's getting beat up. Mm-hmm. He's getting beat up because the guy's up front. That's why I think guys invest big money or teams, especially championship caliber teams, mm-hmm. they invest big money in offensive line play because there's nothing like protection when it comes to passing. Mm-hmm. And it's not like getting those running game or getting that running game open and getting those holes blown open. But you also got to win from the pocket, man. And that's where I want to see Trey Lance. Trey Lance in the pocket in this first NFL game Sunday. What, like, what are the realistic expectations for a guy? We've seen play one time in the last two years. Like, what are we expecting when we drive down to Levi Stadium and watch Trey Lance take snaps for the first time in a 49ers uniform?
1: I have no idea what to expect. I mean, Bonte, <laughs> if he came out and, and threw for 200 yards uh, and, and a couple of touchdowns, would you really be surprised? Like, honestly, would you really, truly be surprised? I would not be
0: surprised. Okay. And I also wouldn't be surprised if he threw two interceptions, it only threw for 80 yards and he was like 7
1: of 18. <laughs> Exactly. And or maybe he just doesn't throw that well, doesn't throw any picks, but he runs really well. Like I I can mm-hmm. see so many different things on the spectrum. I have no idea. And that's why this is the most incredible like preseason hype up I can ever remember <laughs> in my life. I legitimately don't know what to expect from this young man. And I think that a lot of people are going to be watching him for the first time. This isn't a quarterback who played in the normal BCS bowls or played for the local mm-hmm. college. Or, I mean this guy played at North dakota state played one game last mm-hmm. year the majority of the fan base 99.9 of them have never seen him drop back in a real game ever so there is a never. um almost like not a car crash kind of a thing but just like a a weird what the hell is going to come out of the bosom of kyle shanahan when it comes to this crazy child like i can't wait to see what it looks like i don't know but i legitimately do not know <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I I'm, it's just, my imagination is running wild. Like, what will this first throw be? Will it be a bomb? Exactly. Will it be an outright? Will it be a quick slant? Is he going to do a quarterback keeper? Like, how much is he going to play? Is he going to get the entire first half? I can't wait till Shed ahead decides what to do with Trey Lance on Saturday. But on the flip side, I'm also excited to see what Jimmy Garoppolo does. I am very intrigued to see what Jimmy Garoppolo does. If he plays on Saturday, how does he look? Can he, can he submit the starting job Saturday with a great performance?
1: I mean, you know, to me, I think that there's going to be certain checkpoints throughout the preseason that Jimmy Garoppolo can maintain or extend his lead over Trey Lance. And I do believe Saturday is one of those. Um, You know, Jimmy didn't play a whole lot last year, like six, seven games and really only parts of two right. of those six or seven games. So um, this is a guy that still needs to get reps. I mean, Bonte, the most he's played in one season is 2019. Outside of that, he's at like six games, seven games max for yeah. a season. I still think we've kind of underrated how much seasoning he has to go. For a guy that's the age that he is, mm-hmm. he's relatively unknown. Like, we still – have we seen the best of Jimmy Have we seen the worst of Jimmy? I I don't know. I don't think I'm ready to write him off as this is who he is and this is all he can be. Um, I think this is a really extremely important um, just to kind of pass the eye test. Can you move the ball a little? Get the team down. Scoring a touchdown for him would be very big. More in the confidence of the entire team and the fan base, um, but also just... To kind of like send a shot to the young man like I still got it against the right. even if it's the second team defense right. for Kansas City and they don't suit anyone up. I think for his right. own self-confidence it's right. very big.
0: No, I, I I'm with you there. And can he get the chunk plays, right? Can you get the chunk plays? And how will he stretch the football down the field? Like that's the one thing I think Niner fans. I think that's what annoys him the most about Jimmy Garoppolo. What? It's not that he can't hit the checkdowns. It's not that he can't drive the football and matriculate the football down the field and run the play action and run the RPLs and hit the slants over the middle. It's can he hit the passes down the field, stretching mm-hmm. the football field, and outside the numbers. How does he look throwing the football outside the numbers? That's one thing that we haven't really seen from uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw it at times in 2019, mm-hmm. but really since 2017, when Jimmy just let it rip when he didn't have the playbook, and you saw a little more improv for Jimmy Garoppolo in the pocket. You saw him wiggle a little bit in the pocket. You saw him make throws outside the pocket in 2017, and at times in 2019, and I keep going back to the throw In 2018 in the first game of the season, it's not the pick six that he threw where Minnesota goes up 24 to six. It's the dime he threw to Dante Pettis in the back of the end zone where he scrambled outside the pocket off his back foot. He did about 35 to 40 yards and hit Dante Pettis on an absolute dime. Can I see that Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I think if he falls out and Trey struggles, I think he'll make that decision easy for Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan's looking for one of these two guys to say, you know what? Take the job. Take the job. And if Jimmy goes out there and performs at a high level and Lance struggles in this one, Shasky, I could see Jimmy maybe submitting himself as a starter for week one against Detroit.
1: I don't dismiss anything you said. Um, I agree with everything, actually. And I also would kind of add on to that, that don't you think Jimmy Garoppolo is a very confidence driven quarterback? Meaning when he's confident, boy, he looks good. And when yeah. he lacks a little confidence mm-hmm. and he's hesitant, it's like a totally different Jimmy. He's right. almost like a three point shooter who's lost his stroke a little. You know what I mean? Or a guy at the plate who's going mm-hmm. through a slump no doubt. in baseball. I feel like him more so than some of the other quarterbacks in the league, he really relies on on getting that steamroll of confidence going. Do you agree with that?
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. He's got like the Chuck Knobloch disease, right? He gets the gibbs <laughs> that time in the pocket where he holds on to the football, holds on to the yeah. football, and he just throws it away, or he throws the old no throw. Maybe Chuck Knobloch is a little too strong there. But, yes, he needs that swagger. With Jimmy – every time Jimmy scrambles and he gives you the little first down – I'm like, okay, Jimmy's got that swag. Mm-hmm. We saw it in 2019 against Cincinnati. We saw it last year in New England where that first drive goes third down. He scrambles out. He gives you the first down marker. Boom. Next thing you know, the Niners score a touchdown and they blow out the Patriots in, at Gillette Stadium. When he's got that swagger, it resonates with the rest of the players. And what we saw in practice a couple Saturdays ago, I didn't see the same swagger from yeah. Jimmy that I saw in 2019 or at some points in 2017. If he plays a swagger, which ahead. Oh, helps out his confidence, Absolutely. his self-esteem. I think we see a better Jimmy Garoppolo. But what do you make of him maybe throwing passes out after practice? He's working on his deep ball after practice. He's running sprints after practice, working out on his own. It does feel like he has a little FU to himself this year after seeing the Niners move all these picks for Trey Lance. With everybody buying number five jerseys, there are probably more Lance jerseys sold right now than Jimmy Garoppolo jerseys. I feel like he's got a little more FU in him. And you know what? I'm glad because I think it will bring out the best in Jimmy for however long we see Jimmy in 2021.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I I would like to see him. But he has to be true to himself, though, B. Like, that's the one thing. Like, nothing is worse than someone who's not themselves but pretends to be. I'm not saying that's what's happening in this case. Uh, I just I would like to see him let it all loose. Look, we are hypersensitive, and we've done Mm -hmm. every single one of these training camp lives regarding the San Francisco team um, about the quarterback, and and we've touched on other areas. Mm -hmm. Why are we not talking about this defense? Because whoever is under center for this team at quarterback is going to rely on field position and this dominant defense getting three and outs in one of Mm -hmm. the toughest divisions in football. Do you think the defense is flying under the radar with all this quarterback talk?
0: I, they are, they are. And I think there is some question marks though. We should be putting more focus on the defense because there's a first year defense coordinator, right? Nico Ryan. Right. What new wrinkles will he have for this defense? Is it gonna be a blitz type of guy? Is it gonna be sending the dogs on third down? Does he run more zone? Mm-hmm. Does he run a lot more man? Mm-hmm. I really can't tell right now because there's been so many defensive starters shuffling in and out of the lineup. We haven't seen Jaquaski Tart yet, really, as he just came off of pro Covid protocols. We haven't seen Emmanuel Mosley left no. uh yet. Yeah, on the practice field we've seen a lot of Jason Verrett he looks good uh how does K'Wall Tom, Williams look we know what he's gonna Thomas to has the table in a slot Aubrey uh, Thomas yeah he's looked good. with Lenore Lenore in Oregon there's been some question marks about him and look outside of rookie quarterbacks we don't trust rookie cornerbacks no. whatsoever in the league no. rookie corners in the NFL usually struggle because quarterbacks look that way and say oh that's a rook Oh, let's see what he – this ain't college football. You know what I'm saying? It's just a different piece in the NFL trying to play the cornerback position because the rules have favored the offense yeah. so much in the last five to ten years.
1: What's your biggest concern on defense right now?
0: It would have to be Secondary. It would have to be secondary, but outside of that, I would say the health of the defensive line. So and I'm I, looking at Nick Bosa, yeah. D Ford, and, and you know some of these guys inside like a DJ Jones who's battled injuries, you know Art and Key who's been inconsistent. Mo Hurst had the heart situation coming into the draft out of Michigan. Health of the defensive line is huge for me because if this defensive line is as good as advertised There's a defensive line we saw at practice. And that's been dominating, uh, whether it's first stringer, second stringers, third stringers, if this defensive line is not healthy, then obviously it affects the secondary. Yeah. Obviously affects Fred Warner and his linebacker course. So that thing right there, the health of the defensive yeah. line, if they're humming and getting to the quarterback, Shasky, this defense will be a top five, top 10 defense in the NFL.
1: I think Nick Bosa goes without saying, uh, as far as his importance, um, but we have made so much of the second round pick and the amount of money that Jimmy Garoppolo's received. D Ford has was given up for a second round pick and very comparable money. If mm-hmm. you proportion it out to a defensive end, I mean, he's top five at the position. Um, the last two years, not this year because he restructured. They need to squeeze the lemon mm-hmm. on D Ford. He needs to be healthy for this team. And so I'm looking at two players, clearly Nick Bosa and also D Ford. I think it takes this defensive line from good to extremely elite, and we're talking about a massive jump up, one of the top 13 or 14 teams in the league to one of the top four teams in the league on the defensive side of the ball because that's how good he is when it comes to the pressure rate and his ability to jump that snap and play opposite Nick Bosa because if you are playing opposite Nick, you're going to see single coverage, and you better be able to beat one-on-ones, and D Ford can't.
0: Yeah, no, it's tough for him, and he's a liability in the run game. That's one thing in 2019 mm. that didn't get exposed with the 49ers because Buckner, Armstead, and Nick Bosa was so good against the run. So D4 was able to get help on that side in the run game to where when he was with the Chiefs, I just it's locked in my memory. When the Seattle Seahawks played the Chiefs on the Sunday night football game, they ran at 55 all day long. And again... D Ford didn't have the supporting he cast he had in Kansas City as he does out here in San Francisco. But that's one thing where I think the Niners love to just keep him fresh for third longs, for third downs and passing situations to where he is a pass rush specialist. And, you know, burn him out, you know, by week eight, by playing three downs at a time, playing all three downs or, oh, you know what, D Ford's on a, just let him play on third downs. Let Arden key. Let Armstead play on the outside in a run game in base down situations. So if they're healthy, boy, this team is going to be scary because Kenlaw, he's massive. And I'm expecting Javon Kenlaw to take that next step as he gets a chance to play next to Nick Bosa for an entire season, hopefully. And he's
1: another guy that I've been concerned with. Um, you know, he didn't get a training camp last year, and he really hasn't played a whole lot in the training camp this year. Like, B, this is a very important pick. I mean, you moved off of DeForest Buckner. You jumped up um, in the draft, and and he was sitting there. And you took him, and he's a large, large human being. But I'm a little concerned that we haven't seen a lot of Javon Kinlaw because, you know, that's a massive, massive hole. He took big strides in season last year. What is he in year two? I expect elite players to to take quantum leaps from year one to year two And I'm just not sure if he's going to get the chance to really show that in practice.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I 100% agree there. Something we could spend maybe just a minute on it. Nobody ever talks about it. But Friday night, I'm sitting there in the lab, and I'm, I'm getting my guru on, just kind of thinking about the 49ers roster and how the season's going to play out. And one thing that we haven't really talked about, because it's boring. It doesn't get the clicks. Nobody really cares until they get on the field and they do something wrong where they commit a commit a mistake, and that's the kicking game. Mm. Where's Robbie Gold at, and where's Mitch Wisnowski at? Because one thing Wisnowski, as he was drafted in the third round, a lot of people made a big deal about a putter being drafted in the third round. I need great punts from him this year, and I need his kickoffs to go through the end zone. And then where's Robbie Gold at? You know what I'm saying? Robbie Gold's getting up there in age, and in today's NFL, the margin for error is so thin, mm-hmm. so thin. All these games are coming down to the last possession, it feels like, especially in the last five, six years, as we see a lot more parity in the NFL. The kicking game, to me, is going to be important. I know it's a boring thing to talk about, and who knows what's going on through my head on a Friday night when I got Baby Jazz in the crib and Anna's chilling and we're watching movies. But for some reason, I start thinking about the kicking game. This is big for Robbie Gold, man, because I feel like a lot of people are turning down on Robbie Gold at because of the length of his kicks. Like, can I try out Robbie Gold for a 53 yard field goal? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, I'm not sure where he's at. You know, the Niners have done a great job for about eh, 10, 12 years squeezing the lemon on a lot of these older kickers. Like, they really have Phil Dawson, right. uh, Akers, yep. obviously <laughs> Gold. Like, they've yep. done a really good job of, of finding value because it is an important position you don't think about until the individual doesn't hit kicks. You know what I mean? So this is really important. Uh, Just watching him in practice, I was shocked. He kicked a couple into the end zone, into the back of the end zone. Wisnowski Mm -hmm. has a massive, massive foot, but he's been inconsistent, if we're being honest. I mean, a squib kick here, a deep ball there, you got to be really good. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the hallmarks when Nedney and Andy Lee were there is they were just very consistent. Um, You don't have to be Mr. 55-yarder but are you clutched between 30 and 45 right. yards? That's the thing that Phil Dawson right. um, ab- absolutely was, and, and, and guys before Robbie Gold. And Robbie Gold's been pretty damn reliable for this team. But, B, you see it all the time. Like Vinatieri last year, he was just done. Just done. You know, right. that could happen to an older kicker. So <laughs> uh, he's got to stay right. healthy, no question. Right.
0: No doubt about that. Hey, real quick, before we uh, move on to Saturday's game, or actually something I want to touch on before we get out of here. Just Saturday's a return of the fans inside of Levi Stadium. They got a glimpse of practice on Saturday. Joe, you have season tickets. So I want you to tell our audience here on San Francisco Training Camp Live just how good it's going to feel to park in a parking lot, make the drive down to Levi Stadium, and get your butt in a seat in Section 3. What is 327, I believe? 307? 327. Section 307, Shasky? I'm just so looking 327. 327. Yeah, I mean, just think about what the fans are thinking. We're going to get live football back in the Bay Area for the first time in a couple seasons.
1: I mean, you got to remember, this team finished the season last year in Arizona. They weren't even in the state of California. It has been so long since fans have been able to embrace this team. I mean, a real game, you're going back to January of 2020. I mean that's before the mm-hmm. pandemic. I, I'm really looking forward to this. I think the region is really looking forward to this. Um I think this fan base has a whole reignited vigor for the team that maybe they they wouldn't have had coming I mean it would have been excited coming off a of Super Bowl. It just feels different, mm-hmm. you know? There's some distance between us and that Super yeah. Bowl loss. There's some newness when it comes to the roster. I think there's a renewed faith in the organization for how they've handled some of these roster transactions. I'm really looking forward to this and obviously we get to see hopefully some throwback uniforms at some point from this team. Uh, uh night games at Levi Stadium, especially at the end of summer, they're really fun. I mean they're really really they're really, really fun. fun. Um I love night games at Candlestick. I think Levi's shows out for these dusk starts. I really do. I'm really looking forward to this and I'm ready to see how, how many people turn out. Cause I feel like a lot of people are going to turn this game, this preseason game into one of the more fun preseason games I've ever been to. And Lord knows I've been to a bunch of ZZZers.
0: Z- <laughs> yeah. this preseason slate is pretty fun, right? You get the chiefs, Week one of the preseason, hopefully we see a little Mahomes. Week two, they're down in L.A. scrimmaging against the Chargers. and Then they'll take on the Chargers and Justin Herbert and go against him in practice, of course. And then week three is the battle of – well, the old battle of the Bay, but the Raiders, who are now in Las Vegas, they make their way back up to Northern California, which should be a lot of fun at Levi Stadium for the third and final preseason game. So, looking forward to that. I would ask you about players you're looking forward to the Muscle Saturday, but let's say that for Friday when yeah. we touch back down here in training camp live at high noon, we'll do that Friday as some of the players outside of Trey Lance, you know, guys we're looking forward to watching there on Saturday, who could possibly still a roster spot, but. John Lynch got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame over this past weekend in Canton, Ohio, put on his gold jacket, and poor John Lynch, he had to follow up Peyton Manning in that great speech uh, Sunday evening. But John Lynch, a Hall of Famer as a GM, mm. and you know what? We all remember the thumper that he was with Tampa Bay and Denver, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just used to put people on their backs. This guy played physical, and we see seen the 49ers kind of embody the John Lynch playing style by the way they play on the football field. So having a GM like that has been really cool. What did you make of John Lynch being inducted over the past weekend?
1: I mean, it was well-deserving. There's no question about it. I mean, this is one of the all-time smartest players the league has ever seen. He's one of the very, very, very few players to be inducted into two different teams' ring of honor. Um, obviously has Bill Walsh ties playing at Stanford, converting from quarterback to safety. Um, we remember him for being extremely physical, but B, I cannot express he was the smartest player on that defense. They had Derek Brooks and Simeon Rice and so many great players on that defense. And yet he was the one so far that's been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Warren Sapp and Booger mm-hmm. McFarland. I mean, just some great, great, great defenses that right. he played with. Um, and I was listening to a podcast regarding him. I mean, he's so smart, so understanding of how to evolve over time. He basically said, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, John, you couldn't have played in today's NFL because of how physical you were. I would have adjusted. And that's the kind of thought process why I believe. He's a successful businessman and will be a continued successful GM. The guy isn't right. stuck in the past. He evolves his thinking. And I think he's smart and wily like a fox, where he makes it out like oh, I'm just all yeah. oh, shucks. Happy to be here. He knows how to work the room. I think he's two, three, four steps Damn. ahead of everyone. And he played the safety position, though very, very, very physical. He played it very much from a mind-control standpoint, like a Peyton Manning. He's the last of some of those cerebral safeties.
0: Yeah. Well said, Chesky. Well said there. And look, he's made shrewd moves as a yeah, GM of the yes. 49ers. He just moved a lot of first-round picks. Mm-hmm. They go get Trey Lance. He moved the second-round pick to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw him will and deal in his first-ever draft as a GM of the 49ers when he traded back one spot to select Solomon Thomas and he moved back up into the draft to select Ruben Foster. This guy is a gambler. He will make moves, and he is smart. If you see him on the practice field, he is re- very, very transparent. So we'll do this again Friday, high noon, San Francisco training camp live. Thanks to Evan Giddings for producing this bad boy. Joe Shasky, love you as always. I'll see you on the morning roast at 6 a.m. right here at 95.7 A Game. Find this podcast. Find this on the Odyssey app, exclusive on the Odyssey app going to be a lot of fun, baby. Let's We're nearing week one preseason Trey Lance. It's 49ers' debut happening on Saturday, but we got one more training camp live episode right before that game, Friday high noon. Take care, everybody.